0: Hello, everybody. Today I want to talk about sort of a weird idea. I'm kind of going into this without prepping much, Um, though it is something I think about quite a lot, and uh, it might be an okay uh, discussion, I guess, or uh, whatever you want to call it. So, one idea that kind of comes to me lately, and I actually plan to incorporate this idea in a fiction story that I'm writing. Um, Basically, I've been having this idea about information hazards and the way that uh, ethical theories might actually be info hazards. Hi, and welcome. This is Quirky Science, where we discuss crazy ideas. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host. sound a little bit absurd but um and I think if you are coming from a more consequentialist background that it's much more of a debatable like you could probably find multiple angles to look at this from but basically it it's an idea that comes somewhat Uh, well, I I wouldn't say it comes from, but it greatly reminds me of the whole story of Genesis where there's this fruit of knowledge from the tree, uh, what is it, or it's like the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so I've seen interpretations of this in media that kind of focus on the idea that uh, that knowledge is potentially an info hazard. Stuff like AI threat stories or somehow knowledge leads people to their doom. But what I haven't really seen a lot of that I know of And I'm not like some great media consumer, so uh, I may just not know of it. Uh, But the the actual good and evil part of this, I always wonder, what does it really mean? And I kind of started to look at it differently once I started to notice that perhaps ethical theories themselves can be info hazards. And I think even knowledge in general will... Possibly fit in this category as well, but I think what it really fits into this category is ethical theories because ethical theories are the things that really touch on what people care about. Ethics and morality, they're really about what people care about. It's like I sort of see it, I sort of see ethics as trying to calculate um your own how much how you feel matters and also how much other people feel matters and and then you can start like wondering things like like if a single person exists where many many people depend on that one person for their own well-being i think that a person like that might have a more significant Moral importance to like protect or something, let's say. Uh, so I'm not gonna go into this whole idea actually. It's not uh, it's not really a focus of this topic, but that's sort of just an idea that I've also been thinking a bit about lately. Um, so really, what I started to think is I kind of looked at veganism. And the thing about veganism is that people will do this because they're trying to be good uh, or ethical. And one of the consequences, though, is that it can actually generate a lot of social conflict. And this has been the case for me a lot of the time, but I've also learned how to navigate it, so that it's not really a problem. Uh, When it was a problem, I actually wasn't invested in the ethical theory at all. I actually would come up with strange ideas like, like, I believed in more the environmental argument at the time. So I would come up with absurd Ideas like we need to just send activists out to kill all of the cows on all of the farms, and that will fix the problem. So it was like very disregarding of animal well-being, actually. But people, uh, I would talk to some people about nutritional-related things that I was surprised that I learned related to eating like plant-based or low-fat or whatever and when i brought this up people the person that i'm thinking of kind of freaked out and claimed i was being manipulative and trying to bring up the nutritional things as a way to trick him into this ethical theory that i'm now obsessed with and it was really weird because i felt nothing and so that was sort of my first interaction that confused me because this friend was someone who was very open-minded with me generally and talked about all sorts of strange topics with me. And I was confused how he was acting, sort of uh, sort of like jumping to conclusions about my intentions and sort of polarized. And over the years, I had kind of transformations in the way that I interact with people based on uh, I guess my vegan identity although I don't even really care to identify with veganism I just happen to think that I shouldn't eat animals and stuff like that I mean it's a little bit more nuanced than that I actually think you can eat something like roadkill or something I mean there's probably a bunch of other cases but this is just the easy case you can eat something like roadkill and that can be more ethical than eating plants because eating plants will still involve harm to animals via like management of the crops and pest animals so eating the roadkill absolutely does nothing uh, pretty much except maybe deprive another animal of eating that roadkill Um, So, I don't know. I don't really subscribe to whatever people might assume veganism is. I think, in my own mind, vegans can eat roadkill, and that would be vegan. And I know people will disagree with that. Some vegans will. But, uh, and I actually personally wouldn't eat uh, roadkill anyway, just out of preference. Like, I also wouldn't eat poop But it's not because I think poop is unethical. Uh, And the reason I think that uh, eating animals is kind of gross now is more to do with uh, it's just been a really long time and like the smells of it are kind of weird now and stuff like that. And I just don't feel like doing it. Um, So anyways... Basically, over time, I noticed that people would become very polarized with uh, my veganism. And I'll just keep using that word uh, for the sake of simplicity, since I, I don't really think I should just create a word. Maybe I could just call it consequentialism, but it's obviously a very specific flavor with its own specific assumptions or beliefs or whatever. Um, So I'm just going to call it veganism. Uh, Okay, so over time, I at first I naively just talked to people openly about it as if it was just my next new experiment. And at the time I was trying nootropics and all kinds of different things. I even tried keto right before that. So I sort of just saw it as like, hey, I'm trying this now. It's kind of fun and interesting. Like, maybe I'll learn something new. And uh, then people would get really defensive, though. And they would consistently treat me as if I was super invested in, like, attacking them or, like, something like that. And this kind of evolved, and I began to get defensive, too. I started to expect this of people, which actually would make me attack them first sometimes, I would bait them into discussions and just kind of like sadistically troll them and debate them and all this stuff. It was a weird phase of my life. Um, And that eventually passed and I realized, like I think I had some justification for the trolling that... I'm throwing certain people under the bus, but the onlookers who watch my public trolling behavior, they would be the ones that, um, that they would be per- possibly persuaded and that maybe this is a doing the greater good or something like that. I don't know. Um, and, uh, people would actually come to me and say that they've changed their mind on it. Um, but I also don't actually like this approach anymore. I think it's basically like narcissistically attacking people. And really, I think it's satisfying my aggression. Uh, of It's essentially like stemming from a revenge urge based on how I felt people being prejudiced towards me for unjust reasons basically for not conforming to their meat eating and I don't think everybody is like that just to be fair but I do feel like there's a lot of annoying things even when people are perfectly well meaning there's weird judgments like um uh like people assuming like like one thing that used to bother me is that people would sort of conclude that if I was mad at them during, like, say they make some weird stereotype on me and I get mad about that, they would think that that's caused by like nutritional deficiency and it felt really gaslighting and weird. And uh, so then like I would perceive all these weird traps and I'd be like trying to like avoid them in my head, like, I know this guy's going to claim that, that I'm just, like, nutritionally deprived, so I have to do this, and it was, like, this crazy battle strategy, like, there was a metagame to talking to people about veganism, like, it was pretty ridiculous and kind of interesting, actually, and so, like, through all of that, I actually did learn quite a lot, um, like, I, I feel that this taught me more about the nature of things like narcissism and how people might become narcissistic, because this essentially was driving narcissistic impulses in me, which now I've sort of, I would say, overcome. Uh, Like, I don't wish to sadistically uh, mock people or uh, troll them or whatever kind of other antisocial sort of behavior. I mean, I I, okay, I'll clarify, actually. I do get feelings like that, but I do not act on those feelings. And uh, this is going to get into the InfoHazard thing pretty soon. Um, And some of you probably could already see where it's going. Um, So basically this sort of made me notice how my experience with veganism was not that different from other people's experiences in sort of vague generic ways like unrelated to veganism so like uh let's say like the way that people might experience prejudice or stereotyping for all kinds of other reasons and uh I already did face certain types of prejudice like say like I was prescribed Adderall and so I wasn't completely unfamiliar to prejudice but I think it's the way that I was caught off guard by the one related to veganism that really kind of changed my perspective on these things like with with Adderall it's kind of like yeah people it's pretty obvious people don't like that and maybe there's even a justified reason for that but with veganism i kind of like went into it kind of innocently just experimenting and then people were like just across the board treating me weird and uh so uh, it ended up evolving like i stopped not i stopped doing this thing of like trolling people and i felt pretty bad actually um and I started to realize that actually there's no way that the people that are being trolled will really get converted. Like, really, I'm polarizing them. I'm, I'm experiencing what might be called trait antagonism, which is linked to narcissism. And so this trait, it's basically like the very, very low ends of agreeability as a trait. Um, it's like disagreeability in a sense. Um, more than that, I would say, but for the point of this, let's just focus on it like that. Um, so I started to kind of, and even before I knew about this trait antagonism, I was noticing that, like I had a particular interaction that was jarring where I was trying to basically be nice and just explain what I've learned, Uh, and somebody came to me and said that I'm being narcissistic like they said typical narcissistic vegan logic like you're just deranged from uh, the nutritional deficiencies of your diet that's why all of you are just crazy and stupid and like it was the weirdest thing because this person called me narcissistic while simultaneously basically narcissistically attacking me And I realized this weird paradoxical nature, and even in that moment, my urge was to get revenge and insult this person and gaslight this person, or whatever. Like, do something basically the same as what he's doing to me. And it really stems down to fairness. And so, like, a lot of my essays, and probably I think some of the podcasts even, have gone into this, that fairness can drive antisocial problems and that I think some of the people diagnosed with things like narcissism or uh, antisocial personality disorder I think that their circumstances plus obviously probably genes as well have happened to and I'll say actually real quick I think a lot of the genes are kind of generators of circumstance eventually Um, So I think it's a bit trickier than just genes or environment, but also the genes cause one to engage and select their environment and create it, uh, which then can perpetuate kind of patterns, basically. And uh, again, the focus of this podcast isn't going to be so much that, um, but you've probably seen... Uh, some of the essays I've written about that, uh, one in particular that is probably the best one to start with, if you're curious, would be The Polarized Mind. And I actually show images of the interactions that I'm talking about where, like, that individual claimed, uh, he actually didn't claim that I was being narcissistic, but someone else, I think, um, I don't remember, but it's in, it's the screenshots are in that post. But um, basically, it details how there's like certain feedback loops that can trap people into antisocial patterns simply because people care about things like fairness. Like, let's say that someone is cruel to you as a child, and that's what you learn is normal. Then if you go. If you learn some sort of reciprocal pattern of like cruelty, uh, being fair, like cruelty is fair to cruelty, uh, you might enter uh, school with heuristics that guide you into being more cruel towards your peers, which then causes them to be more cruel or neglectful or whatever to you. And that's fair. It's justified for the students, and sadly, it might be justified in some cases for the antisocial student, uh, the the child. And I think over time, this can basically teach you lessons that uh, teach you a way of seeing the world and seeing people and what is considered normal. Like you might expect that everyone is an asshole if. Uh, if that just happens to be your experience and that it's actually justified that everyone is an asshole because you're being an asshole. Um, So it's really just like fairness or an eye for an eye or this sort of tit-for-tat type of thing. And so this kind of ties into the point about info hazards. So the thing about veganism And my choice to be that, I don't even know if it's a choice. I mean, like, it's a choice for me to consume meat or not, maybe, if choice exists. Like, let's just ignore the free will topic, for which I'll say I don't actually, I'm not really convinced there's choice, but that's not the point here. Something like choice-making happens in the brain, some kind of calculation of what choice to make, and whatever. So... The thing about making this choice, uh, or even whether or not, even if I were to eat meat, I won't escape my emotional perspective on uh, animal harm or whatever else now. And so the thing about that is that I'm basically in constant conflict with other people, and the best that I can really manage is to hide from that and try to avoid it as much as possible. Um, this leads to a lot of problems for me, though. Um, it's i've I've written an essay on this in particular. But, like, one common interaction is, like, I might see people celebrating meat consumption and, like, this uh, kind of bothers me. Like, they might be cheering on, like, the latest meat dish that one of their friends is eating and, like... Um, I don't know, like, so, so as an example, today, actually, uh, someone posted about, uh, the police or something are using ferrets to, they're, like, training them to, like, sniff out cocaine or something like that, I can't remember, but there was some implication of the ferrets being harmed, and someone in this chat room ranted about this, and from my perspective, I'm like, yeah, I care about that, but, like, That's, like, not very different from eating meat or something like that or dairy or whatever. And so, like, when I see this, people actually cheered on this person for kind of caring about the ferrets, it seemed like. And this sort of bothers me because I don't actually have the same capacity. Not like I don't really think I should be cheered on for this right but but the thing that bothers me is that it seems so double standardy in a way uh like it's not that i wouldn't be cheered but like people would actively almost like hate me if i ranted about uh let's say animal agriculture in the same chat and even tried to like frame it the same way Uh, I think people would be like, What the fuck's your problem, dude? Like, or they'd be like, I love bacon. It's so good. Like, people troll you and all this stuff. But, like, if I were to do that with the ferrets, like, oh man, it feels so good to know that these ferrets are dying. Like, people would trip. Like, that would be. I don't know. People would really trip. And, uh, maybe I don't like. The ferret's being harmed. What if I actually like the way that it bothers the people around me or something? Like, I don't know. I mean, no, well, that's not even a good example because um, that would still seem a little bit more malicious, right? But, so, I don't know. But the thing is, actually, when someone's, like, saying they love bacon, when I'm expressing distress about the situation of how bacon is made, it's kind of like a spit-in-your-face sort of thing. Like, like, it would make sense if they said I love bacon when someone's talking about how they were cooking bacon or whatever. But it's a little bit different if it's, like, you're talking about, damn, I have all these emotions about how they're just, like, doing this shit to pigs. Like, oh, today is a bad day. And someone's like, fuck. I love that it's a bad day for you. I'm actually celebrating it right now with this bacon. Like, or it's not even maybe that, but it's like rubbing it in and like laughing in my face, right? I don't know, but I, but basically, so it was kind of similar, actually. If I did cheer on the ferret thing for the sole purpose of bothering people, I think it would be the same as like talking about bacon in that context. It'd be rubbing it in and laughing and enjoying and kind of sadistically going about it or whatever, Um, I don't know. I, so that's just sort of one type of interaction. Uh, there's tons of different interactions and I find myself becoming quite distressed some days. Like it feels like, like I can't just for one moment, just escape the constant talk of like meat or uh, people kind of seeming to be hypocrites in certain ways like like people will be like really concerned about like the ferrets for example and then for some reason people will give sympathy or support to that person and I will be attacked so it's like this weird feeling that I don't belong in society and that people actively would want. Uh, to harm me in a certain way. But I I understand, so like if you've read my other essays, I do think from the other side, the people who feel that way towards me, I feel like there is this inherent feeling that I must be seeing them as bad people or like rolling my eyes in the dark of a like a chat room right um like that i might just be like like if they talk about oh i just had this sandwich i think some people will be like damn i bet cage is like so fucking annoyed right now and then i think that would actually prompt people to be like oh the meat was so good or like whatever like i think people sort of do that sort of thing um but um, so like the point of it though is that there's this constant tension. Just if other people know I'm vegan and that I know they know, and it's just sort of a weird situation. Like like I if I know other people know I'm I care about something, and they do something that kind of transgresses how I feel about it, then. I feel like people feel like they have to justify that, and I feel like if they're expressing it, depending on how they express it, it's sort of like um, uh, it sort of can give hints as to what they're assuming about me, and also a lot of times it's like defensive in a way, like like fuck you, back off, kind of thing, um, which might be fair in a way um, but I would still disagree obviously about like the ethics like I think it's fair in the sense that um, people uh, like it's fair that it's fair in the context of our social exchange like I am potentially... Having the intent to hurt that person for bothering me is kind of like the implication. Like, since I am a vegan, it's the idea would be that I don't tolerate the other people. Um, and I think it usually gets moralized in a sense of like, um, I don't know, like, I I, I mean, it's really tricky to talk about because, like, in some on some level, like, I'm describing an intolerance for something like like especially actually it's not even just it's not even just the animal harm it's much more selfish sadly uh, it's like I mean I do intolerate animal harm to some degree but I also have it's like I've kind of become numb to the state of things in the world that there's just kind of perpetual death perpetual suffering Uh, just across the globe humans and animals alike and so like I've kind of become numb to this sometimes it disturbs me how numb I've become to it Um, but the things that end up bothering me most are more direct in kind of affecting my life like thinking that um, that I'm going to bother people by being vegan or that people are going to defensively attack me or whatever else. Um, Those end up being like the most consuming, stressful elements, partly because I'm not really, it's like with animal agriculture, I literally can just not look at the situation. Like I can uh, basically just ignore it. Uh, It's not like I go outside and there's like a farm right there and I'm like, damn. It's more like uh, just not there. But when it comes to these social conflicts, it's literally like everyone around me. It's just like constantly this thing like, like me feeling sort of like apologetic about being vegan and the other person potentially feeling apologetic that they're not, or sometimes it's like me feeling aggressive towards them, or them feeling aggressive towards me. Uh, Like, come on, man, like, do you have to be vegan right now? This is making it so much more hard for me. Like, stuff like that, probably. Um, Which is kind of the nature of not sharing a lifestyle. And this is kind of where the info-hazard part comes in. Like, if I didn't really consume whatever knowledge led me to become vegan, uh, presumably knowledge of good and evil, as I mentioned with the Genesis reference, uh, maybe I wouldn't be in this situation. And I'm not sure I can get out of this situation. I'm not sure that just eating meat will make me less bothered by the state of things. I think I would be bothered by the fact that I'm eating the meat, and I would still be, like, I would almost, like, resent people that I have to stoop to this in order to conform to their needs. Uh, Like, it would be something like that. It would be like if someone tells you you have to stop, um, like living your life somehow, like, I mean, I don't know. It'd be the same as if maybe you were told, like, like imagine the feeling you might feel if you come to my house and I'm like, bro, you need to, uh, I'm not going to associate with you unless you're a vegan or something. Like, I mean, it would be not super different. And I'm not saying that, uh, that people who are non-vegans actually want to force me to be non-vegan it's more like the only way that I can avoid a lot of these social conflicts that I encounter might be to, like, uh, join them. So at least that problem is solved. But then I'm saying here is that uh, new problems would emerge in which I resent people for kind of, like, forcing that. And that's the part that I think is similar to if I said I will not talk to you unless you're vegan and it's like you don't even really know me probably but imagine like someone you know and care about said that like try to literally picture that right now think of like your closest friend if they told you that how that would impact you um, and it's like the people around me uh, are largely not vegan and I've had the luxury of socializing mostly with vegans and that actually was nice But at this moment, that's not really how things are. Um, But anyway, so there is this idea that consuming ethical knowledge, I think it can be so compelling at pushing you to go against the social grain uh, that it's harmful to the people consuming it. And I think this idea is actually quite fascinating though it's quite dark Um, so this idea it's kind of like well like so if you think of what it really means to consume knowledge of good and evil uh, presumably whatever knowledge the culture itself is teaching you is kind of just the baseline that's like kind of like the given of your life in a way To consume further knowledge, I think, to kind of eat the fruit, the idea of it, in my head at least, is that you'd be consuming some sort of information that sets you apart from what is already in your culture, like what's already given. And this new knowledge will set you apart from other people in such a way that you're destined to either convert the people around you to save yourself from social demise, or to just endlessly ruminate about the ethical problems, or to maybe even abandon one's ethics, to just kind of harden up and decide to become kind of like a sociopath or something like that. Um, And I do feel I've been confronted with such a dilemma that might seem extreme. uh, But I've actually written about this in an essay, like it's, it feels like there's a. It, it, okay, so first, the essay is called um, "Justified Sociopathy," and it's an attempt to really explore how there might be social and psychological traps that lead people into these kind of situations where it's like their choices to become a sociopath or like suffer or something like that. Um, And I think that the case with ethical knowledge might be like that. And um, I don't know what the original story is really getting at with Genesis, but um, one idea could be that that's what starts polarization of people. That's what creates war, conflict, and crusades for ethics that end up being like Hitler-esque or whatever else. So, I don't know. I think that's sort of the gist of the idea. I think that ethical knowledge basically could be an info-hazard, and that uh, it kind of... Like, the idea, the very idea of ethics is that you are compelled to behave in a certain way, that there is a right way to be. And... That's, I think, the danger, is that it, the right way to be. If you're presented new knowledge that other people don't have, then if it changes what you believe is right, that means that the other people around you are now wrong. And that means that you're not on the same side as them anymore. It means they've become the enemy. It means you've become their enemy. And... I think there's a lot more nuance than that. This is sort of like a kind of vague, abstract, general idea. But it's pretty interesting, I think. it. But uh, I guess the last thing I should say is that there is something to be said that if we are ever to reach something like a utopia, we would have to confront this problem of the info-hazard um, because obviously we need to learn about what's ethical, and we need to maybe progress as a species, or even just all animals need to progress, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think that in the end, maybe it's like a necessary problem that must be overcome. Um yeah, what do you think? Have you ever noticed a case of this? Does this, Does any of this resonate with you? Um, I think for most people, uh, another thing actually I should bring up, and this one's not a very nice idea, but I doubt I'm going to make a whole podcast on this one, so I'm just going to say it. Um, for a lot of people, I think ethics is actually like a sort of social credit system based on It's essentially reputation-based rather than uh, something they're actually motivated towards because of what's good or bad. I think that for a lot of people, it's like they mostly will conform to the ethics of their culture and they don't really have a regard for what's really good or not. And I think a lot of cultures that are not good persist because they protect people from, uh, from having to make changes to their lives, or uh, like sometimes being unethical is rewarding for people. Like if you think of the case of eating meat, it's like people want to eat meat. Um, trying to not eat meat would um, take away that reward and so like I think there's a lot of this in our culture where everyone else kind of eats meat so like people don't really challenge it and um, no one wants to because challenging it means losing something in their mind Uh, I think what's lost is really relative though like I thought I was losing things and Now it really doesn't phase me. It's like the the, the thing of eating meat, I don't care. But I do feel like I'm losing something in in terms of what I could have gotten from conforming. So there is like something still. So I'm going to leave you with another song that I've created a while ago. Um, I don't believe... Uh, many have heard this one. I don't think it's on the SoundCloud. Um, but this one's a little bit weird. Uh, it kind of sounds like it's in a snowstorm. It kind of has like a crystally, weird sound to it. And it also has a sound of like being lost at kind of the fringes of the world. Um, lost in like this place where there's no people. And it's just like a hazy snowstorm. And somehow, yet, there are elements of beauty. So, uh, yeah. I'd be curious what you think of it. So, here it comes. It is called, uh, let's see, it's called Blizzards and Snow Cones.